0: This is Fireproof Your Retirement with Michael J. Markey Jr. Fireproof Your Retirement is 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Michael's passion is to teach listeners the same thing he's taught clients and prospects, how to take control of their money. It's been this philosophy which has garnished Michael and his firm Legacy Financial Network national attention. In 2010, AM Best featured them as one of the top 10 most innovative agencies in the country. In 2014, Insurance Newsnet magazine featured Michael as a local celebrity and life health pro, named him hero of the insurance industry. Michael's even been given the Moving America Forward Award by William
1: Shatner. Now here's your host, Michael J. Markey Jr. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Michael Markey. You have tuned in to Fireproof Your Retirement. It's the show where the only blanket statement that we like is that we don't like blanket statements and that we believe we can change your life by changing the way you look at money because money doesn't have meaning. It only has purpose to give or to spend. So I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today, my beautiful, wonderful, going-to-take-this-take-seriously wife, Vanessa Markey.
2: Hi, everybody. There
1: we go. Today, we're going to talk about some specific... Uh, scenarios that I've ran into as a planner. That being, I meet a lot of people who are in their mid to late fifties who have not started to meaningfully save. Let's just say we're middle to late fifties. A lot of people at that age group still have possibly kids at home. Some. Yes,
2: probably. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, with the millennials not leaving the nest, maybe a few. My parents?
2: (laughs) Actually, not anymore. (laughs)
1: currently celebrating that fact no kidding but so we get a lot of people in their 50s they've got kids at home still in maybe some of the more expensive stages of life and they really haven't started to meaningfully save so what I'm asked all the time is Mike we've got the house debt but we're doing pretty good on that we've got maybe some car debt maybe even a parent plus loan or some credit card debt a lot of times it's um it's not a ton of debt it's maybe 30 40 $50,000 of debt on a household income of 70 or 80,000. So we're not too worried as a percentage. It's not um, insurmountable. But then the question they give me is, should we continue to try to pay down this debt aggressively? Or should we start saving? Should we start investing? What do you think?
2: I mean, I think people should work on a little bit of both. Because if you don't have anything saved and a catastrophic event happens, like say something happens with your spouse and one of you can't work anymore, you don't have anything saved up to help compensate for the loss of income.
1: You know, and, and we've talked about this a lot, that the older you get, the more likely it is that your health is going to go bad. Right. I'm not saying it will, and I'm not saying you're old at 58, you're just older. And at 60, your health is more likely to go bad than it was at 40. That's just how life works. Right. But other than losing a job, there's got to be other life happenings that could affect that plan from working.
2: I mean, people people get cancer. People get sick. People have a car breakdown. And, there we go. Let's yeah. go
1: to less catastrophic. You're well, going to die.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a car breaking down may or may not strain the relationship. I mean, it is definitely, if you don't have anything saved, you're going to have to take out a loan to get another car. Like for example, one of your team members got in a car accident, wasn't really planning on getting a new car. I mean, he had it paid off.
1: Yeah. But I can tell you with with that person, there is absolutely a contingency plan for there. So you're not, you're not happy because the car was a good car. It was just older. It doesn't take much for the insurance company to say, eh, totaled. And then they pay you what? Just north of squat on the thing. Right. But what I'm thinking of this here is that the average American family, uh, most of our listeners right now, you've had car loans for the majority of your adult lives. Right. So this idea, even if there's maybe negative equity, which that happens sometimes when we get a car accident and the thing gets totaled, you owe four grand more on the car than what the insurance company gives you. But the new, you know, I'll pick on Chase Bank for a minute because we do business banking there. You know, Chase is more than happy to give you a new car loan and just wrap the negative equity in the old one. I mean, I hear radio commercials for that all the time. So I don't know that that creates that much stress between man, woman, husband, wife, spouses, significant others, whatever you want, you know, life partners. I don't know that that really creates that much stress between the two because they've been used to it for so long. But what it does do, it deters or defers their ability, then, you know, it changes the plans. They go, well, in three years, the car gets paid off. I'll start saving then.
2: Right. I mean, technically, if their car wasn't paid off before that was in a year when the cars paid off, we'll start saving. Well, now their car just got totaled and they increased that time frame to three years.
1: And so there's two things that worry me when we're, even if you're in your 30s, but certainly the closer we get to um, retirement, the more I think this becomes prevalent or a concern. When you defer learning how to save, when you defer learning how to invest, because you go, I got all this debt. I mean, if people are our age, what are they talking about debt-wise? Student loans. Like, oh, the student loans, Mike. I'm not gonna put away because I got this student loans. And then what is it? They go mortgage. buy a mortgage. Ho- yeah, mortgage. They go buy a house. They go to Art Van and they get they buy a bunch of furniture. Right. We got a whole house worth worth of furniture. I don't see how it could go wrong. What do you mean you don't see how you could go wrong? Well, it's it's interest free loan until 2042. Okay,
2: but your five thousand dollar couch isn't gonna turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event.
1: Exactly. So, what happens is we. The older we get, the more and more that we push off um, starting to learn how to invest. We got two things we can conclude here, that you're 55 years old and you're going to continue to aggressively or continue to focus on debt purely. And you've been doing this for 20 years, but now it's going to work. It didn't work before, but suddenly now, hey, I don't know why everything's different, but now it's going to work. Or we can say, you know what? You've had 20, 30 years of developing habits. You've been doing it this way for 20 or 30 years, and it has not worked. Change your behaviors. Change your habits. Pull down the debt payments and start learning, start putting money away each month. After working a 40-hour work week, you come home on Friday. When you have five grand, it grows to 5500 and you're not quite used to it. You might think about going out to eat. But if you get used to five grand, it goes down to four grand, then what happens? You don't go out to eat. Do you even talk about it? No. It doesn't even occur to you. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. All right, mac and cheese with <laughs> hey, it was a good week. What do you think about adding some hot dogs to that mac and cheese? <laughs> it's a good week. That's good eating. Go knock
2: it, it's delicious. <laughs> and a
1: box of wine. <laughs> anyway, if, if the only advice you're getting on your finances is purely the rate of return on your 401k or the rate of return on your portfolio, I think at most, you're getting half the picture. I encourage you to go to one of our free workshops. They're at libraries because you know what? Every firm says they're out there to teach you, but yet then they take you to an expensive restaurant, buy you the biggest, nicest steak on the menu, and then act like there's no ulterior motives. That doesn't make sense to me. So go to one of our workshops. You can go online at www.legacyfinancialnetwork.com. That's legacyfinancialnetwork.com. You can sign up right there. Or if you want to talk to a real person like I'd like to, call us locally 616-589-4004, 589-4004. Ask for one of our staff and they can sign you up right there. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you confident in your financial plans? At
3: Legacy Financial Network, we would like to help you craft a strategy with the right plan, process, and professional to help you through the construction of your financial pyramid. Starting with a solid foundation, we will help provide you with the resources, tools, and understanding you need to be successful. To learn more and to receive your personal financial pyramid guide, visit LegacyFinancialNetwork.com or call us at 855-LF-NETWORK.
1: Welcome back to what can only be described as a torture <laughs> chamber, a 10 by 10 recording studio. You're stu- welcome. Recording studio. No, I'm only kidding. This is second half or second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today as she is each and every week right by my side here my beautiful wife, Vanessa Markey.
2: Hi everyone.
1: And we're giving you answers from a gender specific bias and I think that's important. People go, well it doesn't matter what gender you are. Sure it does, we communicate differently, we think differently. And then on top of that you've got the person in charge of the home finances, you've got the academic financial background and I think there's a different twist on those answers. So before the break, we talked about um, whether or not to start saving when uh, or just paying off debt. And we came to the conclusion that we want everyone, I don't care if you're 30, I don't care if you're 40, I don't care if you're 50, start saving now. And I didn't get to, we didn't get to say this before the break, but I think here's an important thing to note real quick before we go on. Our culture in America, we develop adults into really, 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 really good bill payers. If you don't pay your bills on time, what happens? What happens?
2: You get the nasty phone call within two hours of it hitting midnight.
1: Right. It's like one they They're like, uh, hello, Mr. Markey. I don't know if you're awake or not, but we'd like to let you know. I mean, it's not that drastic, but think about it. There's immediate accountability for being late on your payments, isn't there? Debt payments. Right. But if you don't save one month.
2: Nobody comes after you and gives you a phone call.
1: Now, this is really a good segue to what we're going to talk about next, about having separate accounts but how often do couples really hold each other accountable saying hey we're each going to put a hundred dollars away each month and then you know let's say that you don't one month what i mean do most couples say well i didn't put away you know back off i don't want to talk about it or what happens
2: i mean when we do it you've almost you feel guilty
1: Not only do you feel guilty but if you miss it isn't there always a really good explanation and why
2: kids were in daycare longer it's whatever the heat bill was bigger
1: it, it's regardless of what it is it's, it's really irrelevant because right. you know what happens and I see this so much with kids with parents is as you develop a relationship and I don't think this is intentionally done I think it's just human nature we start learning how to try to get what we want from what three years old sitting in the the grocery aisle at the end mommy can I have this 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 Does this sound familiar
2: <clears throat> our daughter <laughs>
1: right but they get good at it don't they yeah They get good at listening, hearing no, not caring, asking in a different way, asking for something else, and eventually they start realizing, hey, if I do these certain things, if I'm quiet the whole way through, it's more likely that at the end I can get something. Correct. And so I think that happens with spouses too. The longer you're together, the more you get to understand each other, and you don't want, you you said it earlier, that if you miss that payment, that saving, right, that we agreed that you're going to do, you feel, what'd you say? Guilty. And no one really wants to feel that way right so what happens is we learn how to communicate with each other and i think unintentionally unconsciously then we explain our actions in a way that's most likely to make our partner not hold us accountable is that do you think fair or, or like realistic? a fair assumption yes. or yes so what about separate accounts i meet people all the time they're um divorced second marriage third marriage 15th marriage maybe i've never had quite That high.
2: (laughs) That'd be a heck of a track record.
1: (laughs) Well, you've got $3 saved. I think I figured out why. (laughs) (laughs) The idea here, though, I meet a lot of people who are on marriage number two, marriage number three, and they have separate accounts. Do you think one's right, one's wrong? What do you, from your perspective, what do you see the advantages or disadvantages of each?
2: Um, I mean, an advantage of having a joint account, as I guess you can see everything going in everything going out you're all i mean on our joint account
1: well time out what i meant by that was the couples that have separate accounts it's like bob's joint mary's and then i meet other people that it's just joint bob has no bob money mary has no mary money well mary always has mary money bob (laughs) just has no bob money
2: i need to meet mary (laughs) because i need to find out how mary has mary money
1: (laughs) you don't want to know (laughs)
2: I mean, we, I have my own account, you have your own account, and we have a joint account. I think from a how we pay bills standpoint things, I mean, I don't see a problem with it because we're both expected to put X amount into our joint account Mm -hmm. on any given, you know, month. And then everything else, like I know what I need to keep in my checking account to pay the house bills. Unless you decide to turn the air on and run the heat bill up, or the electric bill up, but neither here nor there.
1: <laughs> I'm the least likely to turn on the air. <clears throat>
2: um, I mean, you have your accounts. <laughs> I I don't. I just don't see it as a problem because, like, all of my student loans and everything were set up on mine before
1: yep. we got married. Yeah, but let's be real. That could be all done with one joint account. And people ask me, then, well, you know, as husband and wife, maybe they're not really referring to us because. I'm not getting in that conversation, but um, sometimes with the second marriage, one spouse likes that idea, one spouse doesn't like the idea, and and they kind of share with me, well, I thought we were supposed to be working together. So does having separate accounts mean you're not working together?
2: Absolutely not. Why not? Because, I mean, together as a household, we've agreed, you know, you, you pay this, I pay this, and that's our responsibilities. We're still working together just because you can't see what's in my bank account. My personal, and actually, I mean, and technically, you could if you wanted to. You just log in, but. right?
1: I mean, I I know at one point you had my password, email, or whatever. Right. I had yours. I could, I definitely not remember that at this point. <laughs> I'm like, username, okay. No, but the idea here is, I, I agree with you. I don't think that having separate accounts hurts. Actually, I think it helps because I believe that it adds a level of accountability. When everything's meshed into one, it's hard to track.
2: Right. Well, and it's hard to say, well, I put, I put a hundred dollars into savings today Mm
1: -hmm.
2: because you just use the one account the whole time.
1: Right. And so that account, you know, and then tomorrow you're taking that out for groceries. Right. So I like the idea. It's kind of a, boy, this is going to be painful for me to say this. It's kind of an offshoot of the Dave Ramsey envelope system. (laughs) But it kind of is, isn't it? Yes. Because what we have... In essence, what we have is two bill accounts, I would call them. And I like to call those spending accounts. We have your checking, my checking. We have agreed on different bills to come out of those. Now, did we make those bills equal? Do we have equal amount uh, responsibilities? No, No. because we don't make an equal amount. You make far more than I do. Oh, yeah. Yet you pay far less. It's just, it's merry money again. But the idea here is we agreed. We talked. Goes on to last week's show. We communicated together about what could each of us pay, and then still have some discretionary income. Right. And then that savings amount, it goes into the savings account. We call checking, the ones that we pay our everyday bills, we call those spending accounts. And then we want very few transactions to come from the saving account, still some do, but we see this um, constant, consistent maybe, um, systematic contributions to that. And then in the end, when you come home with the brand new Justin Timberlake CD...
2: Yeah, yeah, because that happens on a regular basis.
1: I think it's stupid. Right. But it's irrelevant because you were able to put into the savings account. If I come home with this, you know, we've got an old, old Jaguar that's been kind of a mess. So if I come home with this new little knob that I got off eBay that was 35 bucks and it was supposed to be 100 but I watched it, does it matter? Absolutely not. As long as we've been putting in. And right. I've found, and we've done that with folks, i found that I think that makes you communicate better. It makes you more aware of what's going on. And it's a way of holding each other accountable without having accountability, which is kind of neat when we can do it that way. Communication with a spouse about money is one of the hardest things to do. So what we did was we didn't do a budget, and we've now done this in our firm with hundreds of folks, and it's worked very well. We do a backwards budget, a spending plan. And what that means is if you want to save $300 and let's say there's a difference in income like it was between you and I, just to make it simple, maybe I'm doing $200 and you're doing $100 to the savings yep. account. Now, how did we do that? Did we just put it in our own checking accounts? No. We had a budget meeting. Now, I don't think our budget meeting is what most people would think of as a budget meeting, but we were broke. I mean, yeah. we went. I remember we went to Walmart and it was probably like a flank steak or something like that. It was like one of those ones that takes up the whole styrofoam tray and it was probably three ninety eight. dollars We doused it in that Jack Daniels barbecue soft. Not not real Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels makes a pretty darn good, I must say.
2: Barbecue bag. Oh,
1: it was great. And we would grill that with a Walmart... What was that stuff called?
2: The wine? Yeah. The
1: Oak Leaf for $2.50? The Oak Leaf Pinot <laughs> Grigio. This was our budget meeting. And what I did is I handed you... Uh, A check, wasn't it? Because you would put it, uh, yeah, it was checked to you, $200. And then you gave me?
2: $100.
1: Cash. Yes. And we put it in that save. And like you said earlier, all month we knew leading up to that that we had this meeting. During the month, if there was something we wanted individually, and and you can tell me if I'm wrong, something we wanted, and if that would cause us not to be able to bring that check or bring that cash. We didn't do it. No, I don't think we did because you didn't want to have, you know, here's this nice $3.98 steak and $2.50 bottle of wine, but you didn't want to have that failure. And that's what we think of a budget meeting. Maybe you want to start saving and you add up all your bills and they all add up to, let's say on the left side, they add up to three grand and income on the right side with putting a quote unquote budget for groceries, right? You know, here's what we normally spend, add add up to three grand. How do you suddenly start um, saving then?
2: You cut back on something that's not important.
1: Like, like what? Cable. What else? Um, trash. Yeah. It was odd. But we were $40 every three months for trash. When we, I pay for a dumpster at work. And so we threw it in the back of the truck and took it to work. Now, that I know that's something like that's not available to everyone. But it's a lot of these little things. If we didn't have the money, you know, everyone says, well, I deserve Jif peanut butter. I get it. I want Jif peanut butter, too. I don't really like the, I don't know, Indonesian brand or whatever it is. Peter Pan. Peter Pan. That's not
2: name brand? I don't think so. What? I don't know.
1: I have been lied and (laughs) duped. The point is, none of us want to give some of those things up. You don't want to give eating out. You don't want to give up cable. You don't want to give up. I don't think we had the air on for years. And some of these things will never leave you. Even when the money comes, we still don't have trash service still don't hardly go out to eat still those things we gave them up and I'm not saying hey kudos to us but I'm telling you what what you'll find is you'll give up the things that aren't really important to you and then when your income accelerates when your income increases then you can actually reallocate that income to things that you'll find are important to you so budgets I don't believe they work income spending plan a budget is just there as a tool to help you determine how much to spend and so you can have money at the left over the end of the month. Have a budget meeting with your spouse, come up with a number you can each bring. $100 each, I don't care really what your income is, probably every one of our listeners, you can make that happen. Let's take one quick break and then we'll be right back. Most people plan
3: on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run To determine the best time for you to file, call Legacy Financial Network at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit.
1: Okay, and welcome back to the last segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. Thank you, everyone, for staying with us today. It is our pleasure to be here guiding you through this journey. I think journey with finances is just as important as journey with health. And they're very, very similar. During the break, we were talking about putting yourself in a position to be successful. Now, if you're dieting, and these things really are very interconnected. If you're dieting, they say to avoid alcohol. Now, one of the reasons is, yeah, it lowers your, I don't know that it, actually that's the reason that it lowers your metabolism, but they're they're empty calories.
2: Well, and it's got a lot of sugar.
1: So I think that, yeah, sure. I think that's what empty calorie means. Um, <laughs> calories and sugar are different sugar turns into calories.
2: Anyways, I digress, continue.
1: But the thing was, it lowers your ability. If you have a couple glasses of wine at eight o'clock and then at 9.30, when all of a sudden you see chips and salsa in the fridge, you're more likely to grab the salsa and grab the chips, grab some extra salt and indulge. Hot sauce. Or hot sauce, story of your life. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) So when it comes to finances, let's put yourself in a position to be successful with money. We were talking during the break how a lot of people struggle with dining out, going out shopping, and I think going out shopping, the two big ones that we talked, actually I'm going to add a third, three big ones, the mall, because you go to the mall and then you see Cinnabon and you get a pop and it adds up quickly, a popcorn, maybe a movie, clothes stores. T.J. Maxx, Amazon. I know that's not the mall, but there's a lot of people who just peruse Amazon. And it's so it's one-click buying now, and then Home Depot, Menards, those sort of stores. So walk us through this, Vanessa. Somebody goes into T.J. Maxx because it's Saturday, it's raining out. I want to get out of the house. I want to be with my, I want to be with my boo, and we're gonna go out shopping. Yeah. They don't use that term anymore.
2: Not at our age.
1: Well, fine.
2: Okay. So anyways walk
1: us through this.
2: Like the process? Okay, well, so fine. It's a it's a horrible day weather wise out and you want to just get out of the house because you're going stir crazy and you go to TJ Maxx. They have designer stuff for super discount, right? Correct. So like your Donald Trump ties that are forty five dollars at the Donald Trump store are seven at TJ Maxx.
1: There's no more Donald Trump stores.
2: <laughs> well, there used to be, anyways, or your coach bags that are five hundred dollars at the coach store are only two hundred and fifty at TJ Maxx. I have no idea because I don't buy purses, but your
1: designer clothes, a polo, anything. a polo dress, a polo sweater. It's it still has the tag on it at eighty nine ninety nine, and it's there for twenty nine ninety nine.
2: Right, and you think, hey, this is a great deal. I'm gonna buy it because I guess I need a new tie or I need a new dress or whatever. But you don't have the extra money to spend it.
1: But I think you'll rationalize why you need it. Because
2: it's on sale.
1: And I'm gonna have a job interview or I look better my job or this or I would make more money with it whatever it may be. Or I've been working hard and I deserve it. Right. Rationalizations are dangerous. So what happened? You walked in that store and you put yourself in a position to be unsuccessful with money because it wasn't, you didn't have the excess right now.
2: And there really probably wasn't anything in there that was life or death you absolutely had to have it
1: I think what would be surprising and I've I've done this with couples that we serve and we build a financial plan for them most people most have enough clothes in their inventory in their closet that they do not have to go shopping they could not go into the Macy's the TJ Maxx the Coles the JC I don't care where it is you frequent They could avoid it for a year and be fine. No one would know.
2: No, because most people in America right now have a month's worth of clothes in their closet.
1: And at $100 a month, because it's hard to go in those stores and not spend $100. At $100 a month, one time a month, there's $1,200 a year. I'm not saying avoid these forever. I'm saying that if you could avoid it for a year, two years, then all of a sudden we build up this savings that you've never been able to have before. And then you can go back to it. You can go back to the Sunday ritual of going to Home Depot. You can go back to the TJ Maxx. You can go back to shopping on Amazon. You can go back to Cinnabon. You can go back to watching movies and buying the huge popcorn and the the tub of Coke. I don't know. But you know what I think people will find? That it's some of those things they'll eliminate and they thought they were important They thought they added a meaningful level of enjoyment to their life. And you know what I think they'll find? They didn't. Nope. That they really didn't miss out. And I'm not telling everyone to become a a huge tightwad. But I'm saying if you could change for six months, if you could change for a year, if you could change for two years, then you can go back to those things. And what will happen, we mentioned it earlier in the show, you'll go from somebody who's never had more than, say, two grand in savings and checking, and suddenly you'll have five grand. And you'll start shopping again. You'll start going to Amazon, Home Depot, Lowe's. What's the other one? TJ Maxx. And the, at some point, the savings will dip. And, and then the, you'll stop. And will you realize that you're even stopping? Probably not. It just happens, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You just don't feel good. And when you don't feel comfortable, you don't even think about going to TJ Maxx. You don't think about dining out. You don't even think about going to Home Depot. And it's cool. You know what's really cool about it? It doesn't create any strife or aggravation argument between husband and wife because together you're working together. Together you're communicating together. You knew there was five grand. Now there's four. You just, it just doesn't feel good.
2: Well, and I I think another important thing here quick to just point out is your stress level is probably going to go significantly down, which is better health wise for you. I mean, how many times did you get to you're paid every other week and you get partway through that second week and you're going, okay, well, this payment's going to come out here and I don't get paid till here. And are they going to hit at the same time? And am I going to get an overdraft fee? And you mm-hmm. know, that's a high anxiety issue that a lot of people deal with is it's I've got this going out here, but this doesn't come in until here. And then you sit there and worry about it for two days.
1: Or how about since we've gotten rid of cash, we've gotten rid of, check. I, I know a lot of people have these things still, but, but what's the, let's say I don't have a stat for this. What's the number one form of payment that you and I would think would be? Debit card or credit card? Debit card, credit card. Imagine that stress. I remember that stress. I mean we we were we didn't grow up being perfect with money. I'm just sharing with you you guys the number of times we screwed up and it sucked and how things have changed. Do you remember sliding that card in?
2: Going, please dear. Go through, Lord, go through, go don't through, go through. Get declined.
1: And then the embarrassment that when it doesn't, you grab a second one and go, This one will hurt. And it doesn't and then that, maybe that third one finally goes through. But that's something we want. I said that we believe we can change your life by changing the way we handle and view, look at money. You just said about stress. <sighs> money causes more stress, breaks up more marriages, ruins more relationships, I think, than anything else. So until next week, this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. We are your hosts. God bless. This has been
0: Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com.